Welcome to the podcast for Runaway. I'm the author, Sabine Wilder, here to read my book to you. Let's get started. Chapter 13. Drive My Car Rain blurred across the windows as the hornet sped down the highway. Anna watched Timber Creek's landmarks disappear one by one as they made their way out of town. The morning of goodbyes had already been heartbreaking, but watching her world drift away made Anna feel worse. Today had been chosen for their trip due to the weather. Had it been sunny, they would have waited until evening. Apparently, she could no longer enjoy direct sunlight without precautions. As implausible as it seemed, Anna wasn't going to put the rule to the test. She found her eyes were more sensitive to light, and her skin sometimes itched in its presence. So far, she hadn't erupted into a ball of fire when struck with a sunbeam, but she wasn't going to tempt fate. Anna sat in the back seat with Susan, who remained unusually quiet as they left town. The only noise, aside from the rumble of the engine and the rain, was the soft music drifting from the stereo. Les, sitting passenger side, reached up to play with the iPod on the dash. Don't even think about it. Evie's lips curled slightly, threatening a snarl, even as a human. Aw, come on, Les squirmed in his seat. He hadn't stopped fidgeting since the girls were picked up. My car, my rules, Evie said as she drove through the rain. Music is the driver's choice. Les twisted himself around to talk to the girls, which means nothing past the 80s. What's wrong with the 80s? Evie said in mock hurt. Nothing, but you could stand to mix it up a little more. I like familiar music when I'm driving. It relaxes me. Anna found the siblings bickering strangely comforting, as if there was nothing to worry about as if everything in the world were normal. The sound of conversation drew Susan from her staring contest with the car window, and she spoke up. So where's Vince right now? He didn't want to tag along? I don't think road trips are his style. Les tilted his head back. But he's fine with us taking one? I thought it best to take you myself. Evie ran her fingers along the wheel, settling her hands into a comfortable position. I'm sure Vince would have had you transported in an armored car if he could get one, but it's not necessary. Hunter's not going to attack us on the road. Why not? Anna asked, trying to catch a glimpse of Evie's eyes through the rearview mirror. Too open, Les said. Besides, I don't think he'll be ready for round two with your bodyguard. He playfully cuffed his sister's arm. Evie shrugged it off. I have every confidence we'll make it to our destination intact. So... Susan stared blankly at the space between Les and Evie. How do you guys get involved with this hunter guy, anyway? It's a long story, Evie said in a low, almost threatening tone, a warning not to push the topic. Susan leaned forward, either oblivious to Evie's signals or not willing to relent. But there's something I don't get. You guys aren't really Fenris agents, are you? I mean, you're not like those other suits. The rain beat uncomfortably loud on the windows in the silence that followed. Les opened his mouth to say something, but thought better of it. Evie grunted in annoyance. I was an agent a long time ago. Right after my awakening, Hunter murdered someone very dear to me. I got involved with Fenris then, intent on bringing him to justice. But the years rolled by, and Hunter's attacks were infrequent at best. Evie was a great agent, Les said. Fenris wanted her to stay on, but... But my heart wasn't in it. Evie cut him off. 
I wanted to do something constructive instead of being obsessed over something I couldn't resolve. Which is when you got the idea to start Red Oaks, Les grinned. Whoa, wait, Susan said. You made the place we're going to? I was one of the founders, yes. Evie brushed it off as if it were nothing. No way! What about Vince? Was he a founder, too? No, though he supported us for many years prior to taking on the job of headmaster. Wow, I can't wait to see what it's like, Susan said. But does that make you part of Fenris, or part of the school, or what? Les and I both play a part at Red Oaks. I retired from Fenris long ago, but I negotiated that I could come back and consult for any cases that came up regarding Hunter. Fenris was happy to oblige back then. I don't think they could have seen how long this would take. I'm sure they regret that deal now. I doubt it, Les scoffed. You're the best resource they have at catching him. Maybe, but repeated failures take their toll on a person. Evie's eyes finally flicked up to the rearview mirror, where they found Anna staring back. Evie looked away. You didn't fail this time. Anna gripped the seat beneath her, forcing her body forward. I'm alive because of you. You know that, right? Are you? Evie said, her voice distant. Anna's right. Susan leaned in next to her friend, pushing her face through the gap between the passenger and driver's seat. Maybe he got away, but things could have been much worse. And this time, we'll catch him for sure. We? Les raised an eyebrow at Susan. We're a team, aren't we? A pack. And I'm not going to let anyone mess with my friends. And who's going to protect us from you? Les teased. Susan reeled but didn't give in. Hey, I've gotten way better at mastering my shifting. Mastering isn't quite the word I would have used, Les said. Besides, you barely know the extent of your gift. It takes a while to take full advantage of your abilities. Then why don't you give us a crash course right now? You've got a captive audience for a few hours. Well, you were right about one thing, Sue, Les conceded. Our true power isn't in our individual strengths, but that we're a team. You can't take on the world alone. Neither should you and Evie. I know you guys are super powerful and awesome, but this is our fight, too. I'm on your side, Sue, believe it or not. Evie stuck out an elbow, trying to push Susan back into her seat. We want to include you and Anna. I think that will make all the difference between success or failure. Hunter knows us, especially me. But the one thing he didn't count on was the two of you. I think underestimating you two caused his downfall. Not that I did anything special. Anna felt her cheeks grow warm. Being praised was hard enough when she deserved it, but she couldn't fathom how she had any power to change the situation she found herself in a few days ago. You survived. Admiration shone in Evie's eyes as they flashed up to the mirror. Not through any fault of my own. You two should listen to yourselves, Les rolled his eyes. Two broken records playing the same tune. The car swerved as Evie swatted at Les. Anna retreated into the car door, her face burning. Okay, uncle, I give. Les cringed and Evie went back to driving. Seriously, though, guys, we've got to stop blaming ourselves for the past and focus on what we can do now. That's right, and we can do a lot. Susan didn't miss the chance to remind Les. Anna lay her cheek against the cool glass of the window as Susan and Les continued to argue. Their voices began to pound in her ears, and the car kept spinning in her vision, 
so she closed her eyes. The voices in the car drifted in and out, but instead of growing louder, they faded in and out of nothingness. A hand shook Anna's shoulder, rather rudely. She tried to tell whoever was interrupting her nap to go away, but her mouth refused to form words. She felt heavy, like she was sinking toward the floor. The car door supporting Anna pulled away, and she began to fall. But instead of hitting the ground, Anna fell into something soft, and the smell of the white wolf enveloped her. She must be dreaming again. The smell of blood cut through the air like a knife, and Anna's eyes flashed open. Her stomach growled like an animal at the sight of the beautiful line of crimson running down an arm. Everything else faded from importance. She grabbed the arm, bringing the wound to her lips, lapping at the generously flowing blood. It tasted heavenly, pumping hot and fresh from a warm body. Anna buried her face in the arm, licking greedily. As her thirst slaked, the world around her came into focus again. A drop of rain hit her face, and Anna realized she was on a roadside in the middle of nowhere, with rain sprinkling down on her. Evie hunched over her, shielding her from the rain, and the chill and damp began to register in Anna's senses. Evie shifted the arm she had wrapped around Anna's shoulders, and Anna realized she was being held upright. She tried to straighten herself, but that only brought her closer to Evie's face and her beautiful blue eyes. Anna thought she might swoon again. Are you all right? Evie's face hovered inches above hers. She could feel Evie's warm breath ghosting over her face. Anna felt incredibly warm despite the weather. She tried to string together a response, but the delicious smell of blood still hung in the air. Looking towards its source, she finally connected the bleeding arm with the woman holding her, sheltering her from the rain. Oh my God, what have I done? When was the last time you ate? Evie asked. This morning, I swear. And did you eat all of it? Um, maybe? Anna still wasn't used to her new diet. Evie sighed, letting her shoulders hunch over even further. Rain trickled past her protective posture. We should probably increase your feedings until your body gets used to things. Turning is a lot to recover from. Do you need more? Anna recoiled from the offered arm, red smeared across the pale skin. Oh, Evie, I'm so sorry. Doesn't it hurt? Evie's lips twitched into a grin. I've been through worse. She hesitated, averting her eyes. We have blood in the cooler, too. If Les ever finds it. If you'd prefer. Anna drew Evie's arm to her lips, gently running her tongue over the wounds, cleaning them. Anna almost lost herself again in the sweet scent of Evie's blood, but remembered the gracious person the blood came from. She didn't want to hurt Evie any more than she already had. It took every ounce of will for Anna to draw back from the arm and get to her feet. Her legs wobbled beneath her, but she still rose. Thank you, Evie. I'm so sorry about this. It's not your fault. I should have been monitoring your condition better. Evie went to stand, but faltered leaning against the car. She cursed under her breath, holding a fist above the roof of the car, as if holding back from slamming it into the metal. Gravel crunched as Les ran up to them. Anna saw that he and Susan had been standing off a bit down the road. Susan flashed her a knowing smile, and Anna wanted to crawl into a hole and disappear. Ah! <sighs> Evie's growl cut through Anna's thoughts. Easy with that stuff, will you? Les was already at work, cleaning and binding Evie's arm. 
You know we have blood in the cooler, right? Evie winced. Maybe if you'd found it quicker, I wouldn't have had to open up my own arm. Again. It's not my fault the trunk is loaded with junk. Well, no harm, no foul. Les tied a bandage around the wound before turning to inspect Anna. He ran his fingers over Anna's wrist and checked her eyes. You'll be all right. But you, Les pointed at Evie, shouldn't be driving right now. You're not driving my baby. Evie tried to stand tall, but wavered when she let go of the side of the car. Don't make me pull doctor's orders on you. You've lost a lot of blood, and it'll take time for your body to regenerate. You need to rest. Evie stared at Les for a long moment before dropping her eyes to the ground. Fine. She skulked over to the passenger side of the car, and everyone took that as their cue to get in. That's the spirit. Sit back and enjoy the ride. Les gloated over his victory. Not with you driving. Evie plopped herself in the seat as Les hopped in behind the wheel. Susan and Anna crawled into the back, quiet as they watched the siblings hash things out. Oh, but it gets better. Les flipped through the music selection before blasting the speakers. It's time for Brittany, bitch. Evie's complexion turned an unhealthy shade. I hate you. That concludes chapter 13. Runaway is currently available for you to listen to for free. I will release a new chapter every week until the book is finished. But if you can't wait to find out what happens, the ebook is available through Kobo and Amazon. Just search for Sabine Wilder or get a direct link from my website at sabinewilder.com. I'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions, comments, or would like to give me feedback, you can always email me at sabine at sabinewilder.com. Don't forget to rate this podcast and help me grow. Thank you for listening and have a pleasant night.